All right, y'all. What's poppin'? Hey, how you doing, guys? Whoop, whoop. Welcome to fucking Starshima, the Kevin Nurse Nurse Podcast. This is Starshima. She's a brand nurse. I'm Kevin. I work here at Central Valley Medical. How you doing, Starshima? I'm doing good. How are you? You excited? I'm excited. I'm excited about today because we finally get a chance to get out here and record. I think we just been too crazy ass. <laughs> it's been busy this been week, don't you? Right? Fucking Jane mad at our ass and shit because we taking our time. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jane. <laughs> I think life for me, Kevin, I think life has just been lifing. Like I was having a conversation with my students today and I was like, you know, like life just feels so overwhelming at times. People said, yeah. go get married, go have children. Go get a career, buy the house, like you're do all these my things. Yeah. Right. They're like, go do all these things and you're going to be happy. And like, we just feel like life is going to magically just fall into place. But it's so much work and it's a lot of so work. much to go on to keep and to maintain that that wasn't in the book. Like, right. they didn't tell me that part of it. So I was just talking to them and how like social media keeps us making us feel like we're so far behind. Right. Like, Kevin, I'm struggling. I'm falling apart over here. Like, girl, yeah, but, hell, you shouldn't but, be falling apart. Yeah. Get your shit together, you know? Yeah, but how many <laughs> how many people on uh, social media that you see, they say they're making millions of dollars. Are they really making millions of dollars? Are they sucking off the tit of life off of you and me? They sucking off the tit of life off of you and me. I had one conversation me. with a young lady, and she was saying that she knew this person. And this person had all their shit together, which, okay, I'm not saying y'all not to trust what you see on social media. But you have to do realize that it's like a show, like your reality right. shows that you watch, right? And she was like, she met this person. And then when she actually seen the person in person, it was like sleeping on a freaking air mattress. And they're right. like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, you look like you got it all together. But that's how social media make us feel like we're behind. It'll make us feel like we're late. But really, in right. reality, we are right where we should be. And this is what living life is really, really just all about you know what i mean everybody's just trying to make it one day at a time and if you're not trying to make it one day at a time you're trying to live above and beyond your means it's going to come back to bite you in the ass though so right but the thing is though i think simplicity is key and i think where the world is today we've overcomplicated it right i I think we have overcomplicated life to a space where we shouldn't be and this is why we feel like we're running this race because in real reality though kevin i don't want to just be in that survival mode. When I think about survival mode, reminds me of my day of poverty. Like yes. the times of poverty of just really just surviving paycheck to paycheck, or it wasn't even paycheck to paycheck. It was paycheck to the next day. Yeah, but we got uh, 70 to 80% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. Even people that make decent money live paycheck to paycheck. So Yeah, that's true. And that's why I feel like now, is that it's so important, even for us as nurses who've had great careers, who've made lots of money in our careers, that we start thinking about a new level of insurance for ourselves because the lives that we used to live, the money that we used to earn, it is shrinking. And what do we do from here? Grow your own damn garden. Get your own fucking chickens. Right. (laughs) It's our steading, right? Like, it is time. No, truly. I I really believe that. I do it. I got my own chickens. I got my own garden and stuff. Well, why haven't you brought me any eggs or anything? Look at me. When the apocalypse comes, I'm going to have all the eggs I need to barter with. <laughs> then you just teach me today. What did you teach me today? How much you going to pay for my motherfucking eggs? <laughs> oh, yeah. I just told you to quit giving stuff away for free. See, you just told me to quit and giving stuff away for free. Well, here, see? listen. 
All right. So let's just think about this. So if I'm paying $12 a carton of 18 egg in the store, organic, cage-free oil. They're like $12 for like 18 eggs, organic and cage-free. All right. So So because you're my friend and I believe in what you got going on and I know you need some new soil, I'll pay you $13. No. Let's see. So you said $12 divided by 18. Mm-hmm. 12 divided by 18. That's like 67 cents an egg. Yeah. So 12 times 67. That's $8 for a dozen. I'll give you a dozen for six bucks. Oh, see, that's a deal. But see, <laughs> see? that's fair exchange. No robbery, right? <laughs> that, that's fair. I'm but not I trying to rob that, nobody, but... That's you know. what I said. <laughs> no, you wouldn't dare. And I no, wouldn't but, want to rob you of your great gifts or what yeah, you but what, Yeah, but what people don't understand is how much does the chicken feed cost, see? That's what I'm saying. You got to think and about what is the upkeep. Who's got to clean the chicken shit? Mm. But before, let me tell you something, though. But before you bring your eggs to me, though, and I buy them, I'm going to pay for them. Please clean the shit off of them, please. Oh, so that's grandma's job. She does that. <laughs> I got my 77-year-old mother-in-law doing that shit. I ain't cleaning, okay. I ain't cleaning shit off of eggs. <laughs> I had someone tell me who has chickens and they have uh, eggs that they keep the poop on them because they stay longer. Does, Once yeah. you clean them off, then it doesn't last as well. And I was like, oh, I would have a hard time bringing eggs into the house I know, with chicken poop on them. She, they're not wrong. America is one of the only countries that I know of that put their eggs in a refrigerator. Everybody else puts them in the basket and never puts them in the refrigerator. And they leave them on the counter. So yeah, they leave them on the counter. So I don't, you know, we're the only ones who do it. Yeah. Well, oh, maybe, yeah. you know, they're a little, what you call them, they're a little bit, they're, they're a little touched. These eggs we buy in the store, they're a little touched. They got a little bit right. extra on them and we got to, we got to keep them there. That's true. No. All right. So but I'm going to, I'm going to do something that we haven't done in a while, but I'm going to interview you because I want people to know about Starshima. So for those who, you know, may know you or may not know you, I want you to go back and tell us a little bit about you. Where did you start? What have you done? Why are you here now? Where you're at today? All right. Well, well, geez, Kevin, you didn't tell me it's going to get all of my business like yeah, this. Yeah, see? My business. No, but I love a good opportunity to share my story. And thank you so much with asking those questions and giving me an opportunity to be able to open up. So for me, I grew up here in Fresno. I'm from Fresno. And I grew born, up born and raised, born and raised All right. what, Fresno. And for me, life growing up for me wasn't anything that was privileged or anything that was special. Right. I feel like where I live today is because I was a young woman who decided to change what her circumstances look like. Right. I learned that I wasn't going to be a victim of my circumstances and I decided to do something different. So I grew up impoverished. My mother was a single mother. I've went through things from being taken away from my mother and then reunited. So I went through foster care. I went through all those things. And somewhere along the journey is I always felt in me that I was different. Are you in the healthcare field or would you like to learn how to save a life? Let Central Valley Medical teach you today. We offer CPR and first aid, IV therapy, ACLS, PALS, NRP, and more. Visit us at www.morethancpr.com or call us today at 559-765-0306. We do more than just CPR. Learn to respond to a code, not react. I always felt in me that I was different. Like what the circumstances was that I was in, 
you know, circumstances of not knowing where your next meal was going to come from when the end of the month came and, you know, there was two tortillas and we had to figure right. out who was going to eat the tortillas, <laughs> right? And I love my mama dearly because she taught me what resiliency looked like. So I'm sharing this story not from a space of like, oh, she was such a bad mom, but I'm sharing it from a space of what the struggle was really like. Because some right. people don't get what the struggle is like. And some people see you today and they be like, oh, who she thinks she is? But I'm everything of who I should be according right. to the shit that I've been through, right? Right, that's And true. so that's how kind of life was growing up for me. And I was just determined that my kids, right, wasn't going to look like what my life looked like. And right. I wanted to be that person who changed the narrative for my family. So with that, I decided that I wanted to go to school and I wanted to get an education. I wanted to be the first generation graduate, right? right. I wanted to be a nurse. I seen my mother at a very young age. She was a nursing assistant. And she used to work in these homes where, you know, people was a little bit more aggressive back then. Right, right. And I remember so vividly to this day, she has some stitching behind her right ear, I believe it was. She worked at a local facility here where the people were a little aggressive and she got hit and it busted her eardrum. And it never changed her compassion to really like <laughs> love people and love on people. And she just really inspired me that, yeah, I wanted to be a nursing assistant because I wanted to follow my mama's shoes and love people. But then also I wanted to like, I wanted more, I wanted to become a nurse. So that's when I got really, really serious about my education. I graduated high school as a nursing assistant. I went to Duncan mm -hmm. Poly here. So I was working, y'all, I was naive. I was young, I was out there. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on in a nursing home? Y'all want me to clean what? You want me to touch what? I ain't never seen one of these before. <laughs> that's all right. It's good though. Now how many have you touched? Well, well, ah, well. <laughs> thousands, thousands say they come in a variety right, and see, it's just, right. once you've seen one, you've seen all, but right. so that's kind of where it kind of started for me. And one thing I love is that Oprah, she talks about as you grow, the dream evolves, you know, see, I right. thought that I would stop eventually one day at being a nursing assistant because I had already had, you know, I was, I wouldn't start at minimum wage, you know. And then my desire grew as I went into larger organizations and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a nurse. Right. And so I went in and did that, you know, and looked at that situation. It's like, OK, I want more now. So the dream began to evolve as I began to take action. And from one thing led to a next, which lands me where I am here today. So let me yeah. ask you this, though. What was your favorite meal growing up being poor? Let me tell you this. And, and it's still my. No yeah, don't give me no bullshit ass answer. I'm talking about poor people food. Okay. No, this is real stuff. Right, this is, right. and I still will eat this shit today. Like, no joke. And I'm not but meatloaf, because you know it don't talk, right, it don't right. cost a whole lot of money to make right. no meatloaf. Right, right. Give me that ground beef. It's all about you put it in that pan. Right. You even put ketchup sometimes when you have no tomato sauce. Tell me what y'all know about it. <laughs> My favorite meal growing up was white bread toasted. Uh-huh. Fried bologna and mayonnaise. Okay, that's or, good. Or, or a cheese sandwich. Cheese Must, sandwiches are popping. Mustard on one side, Miracle Whip on the other, and just a couple slices of cheese. That's my favorite. I like that. Okay, I, I ain't yeah. gonna say I was a little bougie, poor person though. But no, let me I tell know. you what I would have come to. Let me tell you Look, when it you came had to sandwiches. Meatloaf. <laughs> right? No, no, no. Well, I thought that was like the meal meal. But when it comes to sandwiches, guess what my favorite sandwich was? What was it? It was salami, fried oh, salami. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's with good. some cheese. Guess what kind of may may I don't need some people say it ain't even mayo. What do you think I was eating on my sandwich? Mir Miracle Whip. 
Miracle Whip, my friend. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I like. Miracle Whip. It's got it is the truth. A little tangy and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. It was like when you couldn't afford the candy, it was a little sweet. Plus, you got right. your meat along with it. Right. I love and, it. And the Wonder Bread was really, really good. It was so soft that it works really well with the sandwiches. You know, we couldn't have find all this new treason or whatever right. the seeded <laughs> shit is that we got today. 97 cent a loaf or shit. It may be a 57 cent back then, but so that grown, was kind of it. Yeah. So growing up, we had to walk probably three or four, no lie, we had to walk three or four blocks to a big 18-wheeler because they would come around to the neighborhood once or twice a month and you would get a block of cheese, a government cheese, you get a bag of beans. I want to say we got a loaf of bread, but it wasn't Wonder Bread and shit, but it was bread. And then we got powdered milk. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh. So, yeah, I know. It's disgusting. But what? it's all we had, but Oh. No, I, I feel the block of cheese like so relatable. I love that you fucking know? cheese, man. Yeah. My <laughs> you want a good cheese. block? Can you use a good block I like, today? I are, like are your that. taste buds is too sufficient? No, no, no. I like, I like that. I would still eat it today. I wouldn't give a shit. I like Just the only thing I probably wouldn't would be the powdered milk because it was disgusting. But right, if so I had, yeah, if I had to, I would. But. The powdered milk. Now, I'm gonna be honest, the bread, I'm a little bougie on the bread because that bread used to be hella, hella thin. Right. And the slices <laughs> would be like small. Your bologna was bigger than the slices. <laughs> right. Like, let's be honest. But, you know, it's all we had. So, what are you gonna do? And, and you know what? How we get, like, I think about today, like my kids, sometimes I get so frustrated with them because oh, that helicopter parenting, we wanna take them back to where we were and how we grew right. up, right? And we wanna tell them what life was like. And I robbed them of their current experiences because I compare them to what mine was. Right. And I worked so hard to change that narrative for them. But sometimes it's like a trigger. Y'all say trigger. Like it triggers me to say like, how can you be ungrateful? Cause when... they don't know. I know, yeah, but, but I'll be so mad. Ass. Yeah, but Is you just... spoiled them. No, but we created this generation of part of my language pussies and shit. Cause we, <laughs> we hover over them. We give them everything. We don't let them fall down. They fall down. We pick them back up. Like, you got to let them fall and bust their ass so they know how hard it might be someday. I what know. are you what are your kids going to do when you're not around and you've pussyfied them? Well, you know, I try to work really hard. That's one thing that I think about, you know, is like I know that ending life is going to be part of all of our journey. So I was like, I want my kids to be set up in a way that they can survive without me. And I'm not just not talking about with money or, you know, I want to know that they're solid people. So I try to teach them like resiliency right, right. now how to be resourceful, how to save their money, how to stand up and speak for themselves. And right. I'm also teaching them that sometimes you don't always get choices. I know right. it sounds so harsh in a world that we live in today. It's not and harsh, we wanna, it's reality. Yeah, but you know, we're big and empowering our children and them using their voice and them doing the things, <clears throat> like all the things that we were shunted as kids, right? right. I want them to do that, but I also want to show them that life ain't fair. Right. Like to be it honest. Yeah, it's not you know? fair. You got to do what you need to do to make life the way you want it. Yep. People aren't going to give you shit. So speaking of which, so you are a nurse coach. Mm -hmm. You coach other nurses on how to build their brand. You coach nurses on how to build their business, create a business. We talked off the screen. What are some things that you help people build? What are some companies or things that nurses can use their education to build? Yeah. So this is really passionate. I was just how this kind of came all about is I was thinking in the time that we're living in, you know, we're looking at money's getting tight, right? We're not making as much. Our savings are being condensed. And how can nurses really turn their experience, their expertise and their education 
into something that's lucrative, that has the ability to surpass what their current salary is and working half of the time. Like who's ready to work half of the time and make more money? And Kevin, right. you know, I'm always preaching about making more money, working less. But anyhow, so you and your damn assistant, I ain't got no fucking assistance and shit. You got too many damn assistants. That's why you ain't got no damn money. You always spending on your assistants. They get the work done for me. <laughs> That's the goal. But what I found was like, there's so many nurses that are sleeping on their expertise and we're allowing organizations to win off of our expertise and cap right. our salaries. But what if we decided to take what we know, our specialty, our expertise, the 10 years, the 20 years, the 30 years of leaning in, doing the work and built something of our own. Right. I am heavy, heavy on a woman ownership. Like, and Kevin, no shade to my men. I no, love no, my I men. Got you. And I believe that men should have their own as well. But what I believe is that women should own something. I understand entrepreneurship isn't for everybody, but it's our now our insurance policy. Because what happens when your job quits you? Because yeah, when we look at, go ahead. I get that you focus on women, but the thing I see, and it's just my observation, I'm not trying to piss off the damn women, so don't be writing me nasty fucking notes and shit. But women tend to not want to do this because they feel like they can't. They don't like the word no, and they say, well, what if? What if? Right. Well, there's a lot of motherfucking what ifs. So how do you coach them to say, shut the fuck up and take a chance on yourself? Right. That, that's a very good question. And I agree. The what ifs. What if I fail instead of the what if if this really happens? Yeah, but no, I, don't I don't have insurance. I don't have insurance, Star Seaman. What if my kids get sick? How do I cover that for my insurance? Well, if you make enough money, who cares what these organizations are paying? You're probably paying too much anyway. You can go get your own insurance. Right. And then there's the things of, you know, what if I fail? You know, what if, you know, this doesn't work out and I, I gave up my job and I can't go back, you know, instead of looking at all the possibilities. Let me share with you, Kevin, though, what really the core of my work is and helping women look at those barriers to help them believe in themselves. It's getting back to their self-identity because we have lost our identity into the titles and the roles in which we carry in life. Some people think that they're no other than a nurse. Like if I was to ask you as a listener, who are you? When you strip yourself of the title and when you strip yourself of the roles in what you do, who are you? Most people don't know that. I have clients on my books right now. And I'm like, what made you hire me? What made you come along and figure out this is your time? There's like, I raised the kids. I got the husband through this. I've done this and I've done that. And now I find myself that I don't know who I am. Right. Because they waited. They put their lives on hold for everything mm -hmm. else. Right. So they now are like, who am I? And the one thing is unpacking that identity. Once you understand who you are, you essentially become unstoppable. Because right now, in the meantime, you can't make too much noise at your organization because you're trying to help hubby get through this. Or you're trying to get the kids through college. And if I make too much noise, then my security begins to look maybe right. jeopardized. That's right. All about that security. Yeah. But what if I just decided, hey, I'm a, I'm a nurse for 25 years and I work really, really well in cardiovascular. I know this thing in and out. And what I'm seeing in the market is that people are coming in, getting calves or whatever they're doing because they really have poor habits. They have poor eating habits and they don't know what to do. They don't know how to take their medication well. Well, why don't I become a good nurse coach, a cardiovascular nurse coach that teach people about heart health? to coach them to prevent from coming to the hospital. We can't coach them to get their disease process away, but what can I help 
help them maintain and to manage their chronic conditions. People are paying tons of money for this. People are taking greater accountability and responsibility for their health care. And people are looking for ways. One of the fastest growing industries is how can I be healthier? Well, I think the reason why is because of COVID made people realize they can't just solely rely on us. The hospitals are going to be impacted. Nurses are getting tired, are getting burned out. They don't trust physicians. They don't trust the system anymore. The system's failed them. So I think they're learning. I think they're learning how to take care of themselves at home and try to be better, healthy, healthier lives and stuff. I think you're right. Yeah. So they're trying to prevent from coming to the ER. And how can you help them do that? And if I could just, if it was something that I can really do to my nurse friends, y'all that are listening, if I could just shake you up (laughs) and be like, you're deciding to go and work for an organization for 55, 65, $75 an hour. What if you had an opportunity to sit with a person for $500 an hour and scope out a plan with them? Would you do it? Yeah, but I don't think most people think they're worth that. Because when people come here, I ask, and mostly women, some men don't, some men do the same, but mostly women. I ask them, how much are you worth? How much do you deserve to get paid an hour? And most of them can't give me an answer. And mm-hmm. if they do give me an answer, it's like 30, 40 bucks an hour. Yeah. They don't feel that they're worth it. And I don't so understand who, that. So my thing would be like, I think about what has made a person feel like they're only worth 30, 40, right? $50 an hour. Has the organizations in which you work for brainwashed you to feel that this is what you deserve an hour? Because here's what I know. I know people who make multiple seven figures leveraging their experience, their expertise, and their education as a nurse and making more than an organization's making a year that they're probably working for. Right. What about that? Like, because we haven't gotten outside. So here's the thing, like, When we're inside the box, Kevin, that's all we can see. So when we're around people who are all doers and all workers and who are all making a commitment to exchange our time for dollars, right? Well, I don't know. He'd be here for 12 hours. This is what I'm going to get. Not saying that it's bad, but when we have limited ourselves to only that box, that's all that we see. So we can't see people on the outside that's doing tons of other things with their money. Look at med spas erupting like never before. Yeah, so I talked about this. You got to be careful, though, with the med spas. If you're a nurse practitioner, that's cool. If you're not a nurse practitioner, if you're an RN, you can still open up your own med spa. But in California, I don't think it's changed. You can't own a medical company. You can only be a part owner. You could be 49%. The MD or the MPS to be 51%. Mm-hmm. So you just got to make sure. And I asked you this earlier. How can I, as a nurse, open up a med spa? And protect myself. Yeah. So that way I don't get screwed by the person I'm trying to get in bed with. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, we got to be careful because y'all know these healthcare <laughs> things get a little bit tricky. When well, they say sleep your, way, sleep your way to the right. top, they be like, hey, girl, let me just <laughs> invest in a little bit of this. But yeah. I think that the way that the big thing is really contracts, right? Contracts and make sure you bind legal contracts. Make sure you have attorney on board to make sure you all understand when you're building this company together. Who, what is the payout? Is it a 60-40 split, a 40-60 split? Where's right. the investment money coming from? I think all that should be laid out in a contract. And when you have your good contracts in order, then you will have a better understanding. We all assume, one of my attorneys told me, and I really appreciate her for this, because not all the time and everything do you buy in contracts. As professionals and business owners, we get to decide what level of risk we want to take. And if you're right. going to spend investing 
a half a mil to open up this med spa or, you know, whatever it takes, $100,000, you probably at that level of investment, you probably want to be really, really mindful. What does revenue look like? What the splits look like? Who's liable? How do we buy out? All those things will be important. Yeah, don't don't trust motherfuckers. That's the problem. I know Kevin don't even want to trust me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just No, but I mean, I partially you're probably right, but it's not that I don't love you. But <laughs> it's just people are people. And when yeah. push comes to shove, when it comes to money or shit like that, you really can't trust that many people. No, and it's for the love right. of money. You know, people desperation, right? So some people are pretty level-headed when it comes to money. I don't think money will ever change me. If I was a millionaire, I mean, I may be in different rooms. I may drive different cars. Who, who knows? Like, but I, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh-huh. You and me made a pact 20 years ago. Starshima, if one of us ever win the lotto, we're going to split it 50-50. Yes. How many people would really do that? They wouldn't honor their word. No, absolutely not. Majority I mean, of people probably, especially in these times, be out. They'd be like, Kevin, I'm moving to the other side of the world. You come see? find me if you can. Right. right. So that's my point, though. See, that's so many friendship. People could say their friendship, but how many people would really split the damn? And people could say whatever, but when push comes to shove, I believe that maybe 80, 90% of people would say, fuck you, Starshima. I don't know what you're talking about. We don't got no contract. Right. And it's a he says, she says. So that's why it's hard when it comes to business. Like, you got to make sure you protect yourself because people are people. People are grimy about money for the love of money. You know what I mean? Like the things that people do for the love of money. And I think for me, because I'm so, I love what I do and I love people, is that my goal is to never manipulate people behind money. Like, you know what I mean? Like that isn't, I'm going to lean in with you. If I got it, we got it. We going to roll this thing till the wheels fall off. But I'm also a person who is not into giving my services away for free either. We talked about this before we got on on live and stuff. Mm -hmm. I asked you, you know, like, I've helped people in the past. I wasn't really a coach, even though you say I'm a coach, but I've tried to help people in the past, help get their business up and running. What did I tell you happened? People want it for free. They want it for free, you know, and I helped them, but then they turn around and they just don't want to do the work. They want me to build their business. And they're not, like you told me, I'm trying to listen to you more. I'm tired of fucking trying to build people's business. You want Kevin's help? Then why don't you pay for my services? Absolutely. I mean, if you're really my friend, why would you ask me to do shit for free? Right. And here's the thing, like, I don't mind giving things away for free. Like our podcast, we, 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 yeah, yeah. we do a lot we, of shit. You know, we can be dropping gems for free. But here's yeah. where the problems come in is when people begin to expect my expertise for free. And this is when you get back to knowing your worth and to know your value, nurses, right? Is that people yeah. shouldn't get it for free. Even in organizations, we are settling for job opportunities that are less than our worth because... We don't feel like we're worth it. Mm-hmm. But maybe right? they make us feel that way. Maybe right. they made us feel that way. But we are worth so much more, you know? Right. And I think when we want to grow, for us to go have gotten an education, we have to spend a lot of money. I look at, I went to University of Phoenix for my undergrad. That was $60,000. Right. That's but crazy. why is it that, and really, what was the big ROI? Because was I going to make tons of money off a bachelor's degree in business? Maybe some of that helps me today in my business mindset and helping other people build their businesses and grow my own. But did I really see a big ROI? Like when I went to nope. nursing school for 7000 or $8,000 no, and hosp- then I went back and doubled my income. No, because hospitals don't pay you to get your bachelor's or master's. They don't pay for the school and they don't pay you any more money when you get that shit. Right. 
So why do we invest in things that aren't giving us an ROI, but we struggle to invest in things that's going to give us an ROI, which is a return on our investment. If you go work with Kevin and he helps you build your company for $10,000, let's just say, and then he shows you the framework, the secret sauce, the cheat code to build this business in New York and Alabama and whatever, right? And then in your first year, you earn a million dollars. Was investing in Kevin $10,000 worth it? But you have to be able to see that we invest in things that really bring us little to no monetary gain. We'll, we'll keep working at it and working at it and just sustaining. But are we going to get the return on our investment for growth? See, broke people look at making decisions of what am I going like, to get from this right now? Whereas wealthy people looking at ways to grow them, to grow their money. Well, that's it's a what different wealthy, mindset. That's what wealthy people do. Wealthy people, they don't make money to spend money. Mm-hmm. They make money to make money. Mm-hmm. To make money. Yeah. And they live a very frugal life doing that stuff. That's that's true. Because so, they understand that reinvestment part of it. Right. That's right. So we talked earlier, you brought up health staffing. Like you would be mm-hmm. a coach to help somebody doing health staffing. What would you now don't give all your secret sauce away, but just give a little tidbits of what you would do to help somebody start their own health staffing business. Well, I think that starting now, I'm not the specialist in starting like health staffing agencies, but I think when any time it's time to bring an idea, right, to the table, you have to understand what you want to do. You got to understand who is your market of people. And then your big thing is leveraging what is your unique proposition in the market. One thing I can say, there's health staffing agencies all around the globe, right? right? I even hear that some of these hospitals to compete, they're opening up health staffing agencies, right? right? So backwards, it's like, y'all the hospital, now you need a staffing agency, but they're finding new ways to get dibs on their money and to recycle the money within the same organization. So with that, you need to know who they are. One thing that I talk to women about being nurses, right? Or people in nurses. People want to know that you're specialized in something. One thing about us, we got a title that comes with trust. I know that we are a little bit disrupted in the market because healthcare and medicine and everything is on edge, but people trust nurses. So when you come into an organization, say, for instance, you work on open a health staffing agency, right? You get to come to the market and say, hey, I'm a nurse. I understand the people who I'm going to put in your organization. I know how to help things flow. I know the conversations we should have versus somebody like my husband, who's an electrician, try to go open up a healthcare staffing agency. I mean, he works in a hospital and what is his work that he does, <laughs> but some of the lingo, he probably like, he couldn't speak right. to it, right? Because right, he right. couldn't communicate it. And that's like unique proposition, which puts you to say, why would I choose you in this agency versus this agency? Right. No, I get that. You know what I mean? Like, I've why had, would I come to Kevin versus another? Well, I've had I've had people come to me that, like I told you, they say they're my friend, but they want me to give my my expertise away. Like, uh, like I told you before, like I help train a lot of LVNs get IV certified. Mm-hmm. They these hospitals don't have policies, so that I was getting people coming to me wanting me to build their policies for them. I'm like, well, what are you going to pay me? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to pay you. You're my friend. I'm like, no, I'm not going to sit here and work for free and stuff like you know why not just you're really my friend why don't you get the hospital give me a contract so i can get paid for my time it's not like it's coming out of your damn pocket and stuff so that kind of burns me up though kevin like i it burns me it burns me up that people will call themselves your friend 
And when I call somebody a friend, I care about you. I right. love you. Because if not, then you're just somebody I know out here on these streets. Right. Like, let's just be real, right? You're just so when an I give acquaintance. Me a title, yes. Yeah. You know? So, excuse me. If I came to you and like, hey, Kevin, you know, I need this policy because I'm starting this new company and you can help me write this policy, right? And, you know, what's your charge for it? If it's $400, if it's whatever it is, like, I need to pay you that. I should not ask for a discount. Because I can't go over to Costco when I got a $400 bill and ask Costco to take $200 off the bill because I come here every month. Right. So why do we use our people who are our friends? Because they're not really our friends. They're not. Because I have a company and I I wouldn't say she's my friend, but she's a good acquaintance of mine. Mm -hmm. And she, I won't tell you her name because I don't want to embarrass her, but she, she runs a local surgery center and she just has too much on her plate. So she Mm -hmm. reached out to me. Um, they passed Jacob, but they had a hard time, you know, cause you know, she's got a lot on her plate. She mm-hmm. came to me and says, I will pay you to review our policies and procedures and tell me what I need to do to be better, to get past Jacob next time without having stress. Nice. And I did that. Mm-hmm. I went to every single policy. I read them all and I went back and I said, this is what I think you should do. This is what I see. Why do you do this? And I said, why don't you get rid of that policy if you're not? She's like, can we get rid of that? I'm like, yeah, it's your fucking company. You can do whatever you want. Right. If you have the policies, you got to follow that shit. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the policies, is it necessary to have the policy? Right. Does J. Cole require? So that's that's the kind of stuff I wish people would see. Same thing with you. If they hire you as their coach, you know, their coach, nurse, whatever, to hope that they understand that they're getting their money's worth. Yeah. Because, you know, you're you're helping them build a multi-million dollar business. Not like you're just here talking shit. Right. So. And they get the cap. The thing is, is that when you make an investment in yourself and or in your company, right? Like if you just say, for instance, you came to work with me as, as a person who's ready to package up a fitness company as a coach, right? <laughs> not, like me. Ready, not me. Not you. No. Well, I'm just saying, I'm yeah, not, not you. I'm not fucking fit. So. Well, we got to get that keto back. <laughs> we got to get that keto right. <laughs> but think about that. Like if you were your nurse. And you're really, really into fitness and you understand the importance. You understand these different disease processes and we get your idea. We lay it out, right? Your earning power becomes limitless. Like you may think that you're earning 150,000 this year, but what if you made 300,000 just by selling your own services, working just a couple of hours a week, servicing your client. But we don't see that again because we're inside the box. So you can run and make your company, whatever it is that you want to make it. When you decide to leverage your genius, you're trying to operate in somebody else's parameters and you're struggling. Yeah. I don't, she's going to be mad at me and I won't tell you her full name, but I have a nurse acquaintance. Her name's Brenda. She follows me on Facebook. I follow her. I can't remember. She's an LVNRM, but she just started her own damn travel company. Nice. So oh, I, I know who Brenda is. Yeah. So I don't know. I can't remember. She's an LVNRM, but see, just like that, she took a chance on herself. What's the worst yeah. thing that's going to happen? Right. Yeah, Brenda, she's cool. Hopefully I get to see Brenda at my event coming up. I would encourage her to do promote travel to uh, for continuing education. Right. Oh, that would be awesome. Nurses can travel and have classes wherever they travel. And you write the whole damn trip off. Right. And here's the other thing. Yeah. Like, how do y'all now start writing y'all stuff off? Build y'all a business. Start writing some of this stuff off like these doctors and all these yeah. other people do who are building companies and it's not illegal just following the tax rules that the people yes. in charge put in place so 
Hey, man, it's, it's just, Kevin, it's just been so insane and eye-opening as I jumped into this journey like five years ago, things that I didn't even know because I was in my little impoverished state <laughs> of what the potential looks like for you when you... Did you know you it, can hire your own kids? Yeah. I think you told us that on the podcast. Yeah, but people don't know that shit, so yeah. you can save up to almost $5,000 a year per kid if you hire your own kid. But now they got to be a certain age. You got to be able to work, but you can... It's a lot of ways to save money. So, I mean, it's... Yeah perfectly legal it is yep all right well anything else you'd like to talk about before we go no i just wanted to just have every nurse who's out there who may be feeling a sense of overwhelm right now who may be burnt out and you're really trying to figure out who am i outside of all this kind of nurse thing if i stripped all my titles away from me like who am i what really sets my soul on fire what allows me to be able to operate in these roles and these titles as a human being. And you feel like you don't know that right now. And you feel like you're really ready to connect and discover to figure out what is your next level. Again, you may be stressed with your current work environment. You may not even like where you're going at the moment, right? And you just want to get a new direction, a new perspective of where it may go. I say, go for it. I say, this is your season. If you're feeling a little disrupted right now, then I think it's a perfect time for you to really get to rediscovering and reviving the person you are at your core and go out and create the life that you truly want doing whatever the heck that it is. If you want to put bandages on, put bandages <laughs> on. Right. If you want to travel, fun, yeah. travel, right? Yeah. If you want to, whatever it is that you want to do, why are we limiting ourselves because of these titles that we hold and uh, thinking about these titles and these education and this experience and expertise is actually the vehicle to our next level. So if I wanted to start my own business and I wanted to hire Starshima to be my coach, how do I do that? Well, what a good question. So you can go over to www.iamstarshima.com forward slash build my brand. It's a short application process. Fill out that application and then you will get an email for you to join my calendar and we can talk. We can see if we're a good fit for each other. And even if we're not a fit to work with each other, you're going to walk away with an actionable plan for you to put into action for your next right. level. Let's be nurses who are action takers, who are taking actions to transform our lives and the lives of other people. I like that. That's good. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right, Thank you guys. You. Well, I hope you learned a lot. I hope you got some good information from us. And if you need us, reach out to us. I don't even know our website for our podcast. You have to tell people that. So <laughs> y'all can follow us on Instagram at nurse to nurse podcast, or you can follow us on Facebook. We got a private Facebook community. We love that community. We love the nurses who are in there. So nurse to nurse podcast, follow us. Yeah. I appreciate that. I hope you guys have a great night. Thanks for listening. All right. Thank Peace you. Out, y'all. See you later.